Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee. And today I have the pleasure to speak with Ms. Gabriella Santanello, the founder and CEO of A-Line Partners, a retail research firm located in Los Angeles. Ms. Santanello is a former six-year retail market research analyst for Wedbush Securities who founded A-Line in September of 2014. Her prior experience includes executive positions at both Nautica Enterprises, Polo, Ralph Lauren. Good afternoon, Gabriella. Uh, first, maybe yeah. we could, maybe you could uh, briefly tell our listeners a little bit about more about your expertise, A Line, and why you founded the company. Sure. So uh, my my expertise comes from being in the fashion industry for about fifteen years, primarily on the wholesale side. So I managed primarily Macy's and the department store distribution channels, as well as some duty free. So on the Pacific Rim, and I took that expertise and then was able to translate that to become a, essentially a sector analyst in the financial industry. And I worked for Wedbush Securities and really applied a lot of my fashion industry knowledge to sort of translating what was going on in bricks and mortar and how that would translate to the stock performance. So I was I was there for six years. I went out on my own for several reasons. There were I just didn't have the bandwidth there to do what I really wanted to do with my research, be that different products and, and look at different channels like outlet channels. Uh, and then I also, working on the West Coast, you have to wake up at about three in the morning and you're in the office at four. So that was also a great motivator to start my own firm so I could I could be on a normal schedule. Also, maybe now you could talk a little bit about you know what are some of A-Line's key services and how they can specifically help retailers today. So my key services are, it's primarily research. I I'm do on-the-ground research. They call that channel checking. I have a team of people across the country uh, in about 10 markets who go to the mall for me. Um, I'm also out about four times a week, and they go to the same malls week over week. The idea is to just have a really thorough understanding of what's going on um, in those locations to understand regional differences, be that, you know, promotionally there are, different, there are differences by region, different product, fixture packages, uh, etc. So we really have a great understanding of what's going on on the ground. I do get some web data as well that I'm now incorporating into my research reports, but I have a report that goes out to the financial community every week. It's released on Monday, but then also in dealing with retailers, I have a lot of data and I have years of data and a really good understanding of just the retail experience and how their company or their brand is really positioned in the market, what they're doing right and wrong, um, be that from you know signage, store setup. Um, I do a lot of bespoke work for them as well. And you can look at it now that everyone's closing stores and they're really focusing online. That's true, but there's still a massive store base out there and these retailers can't ignore it and they have to understand how to you know work with that to, to actually drive some business, whether or not it's, you know, someone goes into the store and actually purchases something online. But, you know, some, a lot of these stores are, are going to remain, so they have to figure out how to make it work. You know, as a retail expert, you know, what do you see is going right today in retail and what do you see going wrong? And is there any specific issues in the fashion sector you could talk to? What's going right is it's, we're not in a situation now where I think a lot of these retailers years ago, 10, 10, 15 years ago, there was a lot of emphasis on growth. And so the natural way to grow is to open another retail store. And obviously you would see incremental sales from that. But what that did was that led a lot of retailers down the road where they they almost veered from their brand or you can get a little complacent because just by putting extra product out there, you're going to get additional sales. I think now with some of this retail contraction that's going 
going on. It's really forcing these retailers to focus on product and to focus on experience. So I look at that as a positive coming out of some of this store contraction and just a restructuring of the way these retailers are doing doing business. What's wrong with retail right now is that there are retailers that are so far behind. Everybody talks about omni-channel. We've been talking about it for years and you would be surprised at how many retailers are not set up with omni-channel. How many retailers don't have visibility to, you know, you could be in one location and you want to look for a style. They don't have visibility to inventory in other locations. And so the retail industry notoriously is a little bit behind in catching up with systems. And there, there should be a lot more pressure on that and a lot more you know, drive to, to really invest the, the CapEx in, in systems to make the businesses run more seamlessly. So that I see is at this point, it's, 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 we have to, we really have to evolve and we have to evolve quickly. So I think that's really a big, a big challenge. And then just the specific issues in, in the fashion sector. I mean, obviously it's very trend driven. The consumer is extremely fickle. So these retailers have to create an experience and it has to be a 360 experience. So it has to be, there has to be a lot of consistency between in-store and online, uh, in-app, social media. Um, so that, that takes a, a whole, just takes it to another level. And so, you know, we're seeing it and there are some best case cases like I think Urban Outfitters does a phenomenal job, Anthropology, so the Urban Outfitters parent company, you know, they're very evolved in that sense. And then there are other retailers that are kind of lacking, but they're they're quickly catching up and learning that they have to they have to be present and they have to be out there if they want to drive the sales. Follow up to that, Gabrielle. I, I was at the uh, the NRF retail show in New York in January, and I know there was many technology companies there offering their services to make the whole shopping experience at the brick and mortar retail better. I guess in mm-hmm. terms of checkout or whatever, and there was some concern there whether retailers would spend their tax cut savings on technology to make the experience better. Do you see that? Do you think? Do you see more adoption of technology in 2018 and 19? for retail? Yes, I do. They have to. There's no choice. I mean, it's it's just, you know, the merchandise isn't going to sell itself. And I think it's a lot, it's, it's part of just developing the experience for the consumer. Nobody wants to stand in a long line. If there's a sales associate standing there who can just take your credit card and ring you up right there, I mean, that's a bonus. All you have to do is ring up your merchandise and you're out the door. So like a technology like that, it just makes it a lot more, you know, it's a more pleasurable experience. It probably makes the inventory a lot more productive and it makes the salespeople more productive as well because they're also not trapped behind a, a cash wrap. So yes, that's definitely where they, they need to be moving. Analyst for Wedbush and now in your own business, I wanted to get your take on uh, the Walmart-Amazon war that's been going on for several mm-hmm. years. Uh, I guess I wanted to first ask, is there, do you perceive there really being a battle going on? And what do you make of Walmart last month in February announcing that it was backing down a, a bit from its Jet.com marketing dollars and I guess keeping Jet and maybe urban markets, but using Walmart for the primary omni-channel? I, mean, I just want to know what you made of the whole scenario, of the whole case. Right. I think... Between Walmart and Amazon, I mean, obviously there's always been some, some healthy competition and, you know, I think that's good. I think it keeps both of them innovating and making acquisitions and, and, you know, moving forward. You know, I, is it really a battle? I mean, I think when Amazon got into grocery, they, they perhaps made it a battle <laughs> because Walmart probably felt that they were being infringed upon. And in terms of, of what make, you know, what I make of Walmart backing down its jet.com marketing dollars, 
dollars. I mean, I think what they're doing is temporarily going for the low-hanging fruit. They realize if they put the investment, because they're taking those dollars and they're putting it into walmart.com. And I think they're realizing that walmart.com has more recognition. It's, you know, the systems are in place, the processes, it's easier for them to put the money there and to see the results pretty immediately. So I think at this point, that's really what they're doing. Doesn't mean that they're, they're completely stepping away from Jet.com. I think they just realize that the consumer adoption for Jet.com in, you know, non-urban markets was taking a lot longer than they possibly thought it would. One thing they do need to do is really develop a lot of the, you know, the fulfillment centers and just to be able to actually fill orders because I believe over the holidays they had mentioned that they were just letting merchandise, you know, stock out on Jet.com, which is which is an issue because customers again are very fickle and if something's if there's a stock out you can you can bet they're going to go somewhere else and it's going to be difficult to get them back because they remember so i is it's probably a a focus for them now to write that ship at jet.com but in the meantime they're going to take those dollars and just focus on the low hanging fruit and try to get the results uh, immediately so i don't think it's a bad idea they just have to ensure that they don't really lose momentum at jet.com because there is some momentum there follow up to that question that i didn't have on my uh, two retailers i won't mention them by name have both mentioned in reporting their q4 and fy results that they had glitches with their fulfillment in, in, in the holiday season thus caused some mm-hmm. Issues with their um, their increase in their you know, online sales. Do you see that as a widespread issue in retail? That there's going to be a lot of learning from holiday seventeen, or is that only specific retailers? Perhaps. I think what's happening is there's a pressure on retailers to carry much less inventory. There are also a lot of retailers that are completely getting rid of their distribution centers and they're only fulfilling from in store. So there are a lot of there. Are, several different examples. I do think there is a learning curve there. I don't think that necessarily applies to everyone, but the less inventory you carry, the more stockouts you're going to have and the more glitches you're going to have. So it's it's a balance and it's going to be, yes, they're going to have to learn from holiday 2017 and possibly learn from their peers what mistakes not to make. But I think it's, it's, still, it's still kind of the wild, wild west for these retailers as we all move into omni-channel because there really are no clear-cut answers on fulfillment and sort of keeping that keeping that going and being able to to have the the supply to meet the demand 10, can, 10 to 12 months be before the, uh, 10 months before the next holiday season kicks in in 2018 mm-hmm. that they have time to rectify those issues and the holiday 18 should be materially better in terms of their fulfillment Correct. and such right okay okay yeah they should be able to right because they can do all of the merchandise planning now and then whatever glitches they had in terms of fulfilling those orders they can rectify great and then finally today uh, uh, Ms. Santanello I want to know if you could uh, look into your crystal ball and what do you and what you, and give us a few comments? What you see for retail and fashion industry for the remainder of 2018 and into 19? I just think we're going to see a lot of technology, a lot of a lot of AI, a lot of virtual reality. You know, customers are still demanding a first-class experience, and it doesn't matter where you are. That's what they want. So if you're at a high-end retailer, if you're at a low-end retailer. So I think it's going to be really exciting. I mean, I've seen, I was at a conference last year, and I'm actually about to to head out to one, um, to the Shop Talk conference on Sunday, and there were companies that, you know, were helping, assisting um, cosmetics brands where in-store you could see what the cosmetics looked like on your face without actually applying them, and there's just a lot of different technologies out there that I think are going to make the shopping experience a lot more, a lot more fun and hopefully a lot more, more profitable. 
So we're definitely moving in that direction. Thank you for your insights today. I've been speaking with Ms. Gabriella Centinello, the founder and CEO of A-Line Partners in Los Angeles. You've been listening to Inside the Lab at Formula 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.